Let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and we have braved the beast from the east. To, to bring you this week's show, haven't we, mate? We have ventured out into the snow. Yeah, we've been on train watch and snow watch today. We, we have indeed. Um, just to bring you what is a bit of a special show for us. So we are, um, we, we've teamed up with the guys from Beer Bods, and we are going to be reviewing the, the, the Ones to Watch 2018 case. So there's 12 beers in this case, mate. Yeah, no, we chatted about that, didn't we? And we thought, oh, that's a challenge. Good challenge. It's a good challenge, but, but maybe maybe even too much for us. Yeah. We've, we've drafted in some friends, yes. some, some familiar voices to, to, to the podcast. So to my right, Mr. Justin Mason returns to, to opinions. Justin, welcome back. Good afternoon. Good evening, uh, even. <laughs> depends on when you're listening to Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're throwing good like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and also, Mr. Chinnery, Mr. Matt Chinnery is joining us again. Um, welcome back again, Matt. Hello, thanks for having me. Yes, you're very welcome. So, yeah, 12 beers to get through. Um, but we've decided to kind of do this almost in... I'm going for this because I know Matt's going to love this. We're doing this tag team style yes. here. So, so we've, we've teamed up in um, two pairs. Um, you're teaming up with Matt. I'm teaming up with Justin. We're taking six beers each. Um, and we're going to work our way through those yep. six but beers. But it's a bit of a lucky dip, isn't it, as well? We've just sort of split the box down the middle. And we don't know what's in the box We know what box beers yet. are in the box, but we don't know which ones we're going to pull out. In, indeed. So, um, shall we crack into our first okay. co- collective um, beers? Cheers. 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 So, what beer have you got? I'll let Justin introduce this one. We have the Yammer House American Pale Ale, 4.5% from Northern Whisper. The can says it's big, brash and ballsy. This is a pale ale as American as apple pie and monster trucks. Brewed with some of the best hops we've sourced from across the pond, Yammer House makes a perfect session beer for every occasion. What are your thoughts, Steve? Um, initially, I'd say on the nose, it's a little bit floral. On, on the nose, there's a little bit of underlying citrus in the background. I'm picking up a little bit of yeast. And Whatever that's blowing off from the can or from the pour, but it's it's settling down a bit. Um, it's a decent bit of finish in in there. Nice, nice balanced citrus, and and decent bitterness to, to to finish it off. It doesn't look over murky, which is good. No, it's not. It's it's hazy. It's hazy. I'm, yeah, I'm going with haze. I think you have got a bit of sediment in there, so maybe where you're getting your yeast from. Oh yeah, yeah. There's so oh, yeah, I've got, yeah, well, good spot. I can see some at the bottom here. Whereas on this side, we left a little bit in the bottom. Well done, Matt. That's me. Bad pouring. Good pouring. <laughs> good pouring. Don't. It's all I'm mostly on getting bit bitterness. I'm getting a, a little bit. I've got a little bit of apple pie on the aroma, funny enough. But that might be the combination of the yeast and the hops. Um, but it is nice and bitter. It is. There is, there is a, a lovely um, bitterness uh, at the end of it. What, what have you guys got sure. over there? Do you want to introduce it, mate? We've got Lithic Brewing. Is that a pronunciation? Oh. Don't know. I mean, so Welsh I brewery, so Lithic. Yeah, yeah I, I might, might have gone for Lithic as well. Lithic. Or monolithic. Never sure with uh, these Welsh pronunciations. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. uh, uh, Czech, style Pilsner. <laughs> yeah. Czech style Pilsner. Uh, the perfect balance between refreshment and malt character. 
Moderate smooth bitterness from 100% Czech uh, Saz hops, all rounded off uh, with a month of traditional cold conditioning. What's your thoughts? I like it. It's it is clean. It is clean, it's refreshing. Get a little bit of lemon. I'll get a little bit of uh, the sweet, corny DMS kind of aroma, but you expect that in a Czech Pilsner. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It's not overpowering. It's not overpowering at all. But I'm, I like it. I could drink it quite, quite quickly. Unfiltered for ultimate flavour. One month cold conditioning ain't too bad. As you know, they've been leaving it around for a bit. Yeah, and interesting that we've both um, we've both selected cans for, for this in, in, in kind of the blind selection. Yeah, and, that, um, that and what what percentage are our respective uh, Four and a half. What's yours? Four and a half, exactly the same. That's good. Oh, good start. Oh, it's yeah. a good start. I mean, even yeah. by accident, that's not bad. It, it's like we know what we're doing. Like, <laughs> wait till we get to be number four, five, six. <laughs> yeah, and and we have got um, the, the great thing about this box from from Beer Bots is it does come with a little booklet. Yeah. as well, which gives you a little bit of background um, about each of of the breweries. So, um, just giving a bit of background on the one that we've got on our side, which is the Northern Whisper. Um, started in the summer of 2017 um, and they've launched their own 10 barrel brewery so they they focus on cask and keg um, and this was the this is the first beer that they've produced um, so it's um, a good start for them they've got a little bit of brewing experience here yeah there, so, so Carmelo Pilateri was uh, one of the one of the guys involved in this was brewing uh, nearby fighting Cox brewery also, Lithic Brewing. <clears throat> so the brewer, David Bramble, first batch of home brew, created his mum's kitchen back in 2007. Came back from Western Australia, partly inspired by the many of the beers he tried down under, decided the future had to be in brewing. Three years of experimenting began, and uh, since, and then eventually launched in 2016 as Lithic. And they've turned out some consistently good beers, none more so than the Pilsner Lager. So, I would okay. admit, it's... Uh, Obviously, so he's been brewing for 11 years in some shape or form. Mm-hmm. I think it's all right. Yeah, you know, ticks the box. It, t- it, it ticks the pills in the box, yeah. and uh, a lot of people do appreciate a nice pills in all lager, don't they? Right, so while we're finishing off this, this first beer, um, <laughs> <laughs> although Justin has already emptied yeah. his glass. Well, t- that's probably testimony. Being a session pale ale, I've down that very easily. It's quite warm in here, even though the, we- the weather's quite inclement outside. It's gone down rather nicely and exactly what I want from this type of beer. I've, I've got to say, I think you might have mentioned that you thought the can was a little bit cold. As it's begun to warm just a little bit in the glass, there are a lot more flavours coming out of it. There's, there's a little bit more of tropical fruit flavour, a little bit more citrus coming out of that, but it's still got that lovely cutting. I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want the Pilsner to warm up anymore, no. No, no. no it's, it's, it's not, one, uh, yeah, it's not one that you want to drink. So... Mm. Um, well, should we finish this drink then, and then and then open the next one, and and, and then move on? Oh, <laughs> so it's everyone, most people have drained their glass now. <laughs> I think that's when you've got six to go through, twelve in total. Yeah, but you haven't seen how much we're talking about. Yeah. So go on then, guys, <laughs> pick your next beer. Ooh. Right, so over on this side of the table, <laughs> we have got um, a grisette by West by Free Brewing Company, Equinot and Mosaic. I think it's another world. I was going to say, it's another Welsh brewery. Judging by that bit of bottle. Yeah, yeah. It's not, I don't think it's a typo. Who's got the bottle opener? Well, I have got one. Well, I mine. What, what have you put right, While I'm passing you the bottle opener, I will see that I've got Tap Social Breweries, criminally good beer. 
Um, Greaves Procession, an oatmeal stout at 5.5%. We've lucked out there, mate. Straight in on the stout. I think, I think we have, yeah. You're very happy with these. I am, I am very happy with how that's The stout on your work. side and the grisette on yeah, our side, then. Yeah. So, so while they're pouring, um, then, let's, um, let's do a little bit of a roundup of, of, of what we've all been up to um, and collectively. So I think, I think guests, um, guests first. Uh, Matt, you um, are just off the back of quite a weekend at Craft Beer Rising, aren't you? Sort of in your professional capacity. Yeah, most of it is professional. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not is, not is so sure about the late Hashtag disclaimer. <laughs> is, is that until a certain time? And, and, yeah, and then about, that just went out of the window. It's about half eight on Friday. Um, no, yeah, it was, it was the first time of going to Craft Beer Rising and being on the other side of the bar, uh, opposed to, to the drinking side. Well, to the to the consumer side anyway, um, <laughs> but no, it was good fun. We had a, I had a great great three days set up on Wednesday. Did the trade session on Thursday, trade session on Friday evening, and then um, most of the Saturday daytime as well. But really interesting festival. Uh, trade sessions were great actually. I think the trade sessions were brilliant. The puppet sessions um, were a little bit more wild, I guess. You two probably wouldn't have been too happy to use it. was pretty loud. Even on the Saturday daytime, I must admit, it was, it was really loud. Yeah, because when mm-hmm. I went before on the Friday evening, the music felt like it was set aside. Yeah. It wasn't all over the place. This year, I think I remember that from last year as well, the music was felt a bit more separate to the festival. This year it didn't. It felt very much... Yeah, there would have been The, the music was mm-hmm. in the festival. So, like, for personal reasons, like, Mr. Thing played on... Saturday afternoon, so I like that. But it was—you couldn't really talk to the people that you were serving on the on the on the public sessions too well, which is a bit of a shame. But the oh. trade sessions were brilliant. We had, we had great times at the uh, yeah, the but you know, the tra- and that's good about the trade session. But it's the paying punters, yeah, who would, and which is what I was previously, and probably I would have been this year if I'd had transport. Um, they should still be able to have a chat with the people behind the bars. There yeah. was definitely. Um, even more so than last year the crowd is definitely changing from uh, it's much more mainstream a lot more people going that probably would be maybe one of the first crafty sort of festivals uh, that they've been to um, which is good it's good that it's, it's breaking yeah. down those walls um, I think if I was the organisers I'd probably just make it one of the you know 35, 40 pounds and have samples throughout the whole festival because um, it, yeah it was no you not think? No, hate it. Hate that. Takes or, away your choice. Or like I don't or, know, like an all-inclusive sort of package. If, as you described, aren't people? Aren't they all just going to go for the big beers then? Maybe. Yeah. If it's as you described, maybe it's not quite a beer, beer bubble kind of beer crowd. They're yeah. just there for a night out. If I was doing that and I had a thirty-five pound all-in ticket, I'd be going in ten, elevens. Yeah, they did not. I had to pay for it. I still did that. <laughs> I think, I think for the, the thing for me was about this year's festival more so than ever before, of obviously not being there, what, what I did notice was it seemed to have a, a really enhanced presence on social media this year. There was a lot of, you couldn't literally go on social media, particularly on Twitter on the weekend, without seeing people posting something about Craft Beer Rising. Okay. Now, I don't know whether that leans towards, like you say, the, if, if the the crowd is changing and it's a more mainstream crowd or whether more of the people that I follow are just tweeting about it or whether Craft Beer Rising are just retweeting a hell of a, a lot of, of stuff. I couldn't go on Instagram without seeing something mad posted. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, 
just trying. That's what you were trying to say. Couldn't move in social media without seeing the same from Matt Chinnery. I've not, I've not been out uh, to a festival like that in quite a while, so I was making the most of my free time, I think. I think, I think it's still good, but yeah, I'm, I'm not a massive fan of the, the pause. What I liked about CBR when I went two years ago was two things. One, that the music was sort of to one side. You could sort of choose whether you wanted to be yeah. part of that part of it. But, <clears throat> and yeah, I chose badly on the day, which is why I crashed and burned early on. But I could, I could walk around and order what of the measures I wanted to pay for what I was drinking. Not thinking, okay, I've paid X amount, I have to make sure I drink X amount, and if possible, can I drink more than X amount? So considering you think that was, it was more of a mainstream crowd, mm-hmm. what do you think the intrusive music, the impression that would have had? Because I would imagine some of those people were going, hopefully, with a chance to speak to some of the beer producers. Mixed. I reckon half the crowd would have quite liked the um, the music mm. side of it. Um, Thursday night wasn't as bad. I spoke to quite a few people on the Thursday night, uh, but the Friday and Saturday evening was. I think it was just like you going out crowd really. Um, you can expect that to a certain extent, though. Like yeah. on, a, on a Friday and Saturday night, and maybe just quieting it down during the day on those sessions. What about the daytime sessions on Friday? I don't remember. Saturday. I don't remember being any music in the trades much at all, to be honest. But the Saturday, as I say, it started off okay, but definitely towards the end was it was the same as it would have been in the music rooms. But yeah. I personally like that because I like the DJ that's playing. But mm. it did mean that we wasn't as uh, it wasn't as easy to chat with people, I guess. But it was good. There was a lot of a lot of people that was really interested in it. There was um, a, a mixture of breweries. I've read some a couple of things today. Uh, obviously, there, there's some of the larger breweries there, but there's also this year a lot of really small breweries. Um, Boxcar uh, from London, they've been making quite a bit of noise recently. They were there. Uh, Double Barreled, which got lots of raving reviews. Uh, Mike, the, the guy who set it up, used one of our draymen. Um, and that was, they launched a Craft Beer Rising. And I say fair play to him that he's uh, invested in such a, you know, it's a big investment for breweries to do that festival. And they've all gone all in the deep end. And I think actually it's probably paid off for him because it's. His beers were great, and he's saved got great feedback. Um, There's a few brewers from overseas. I can't remember the names of all of them. Um, Horizon from Budapest. There's some guys we spoke to quite a lot. They had some interesting beers. Um, but yeah, I, 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 what I was able to go out and have, you know venture out a little bit and mingle a little bit with other breweries and stuff. I, I, I left feeling like really positive, and I thought it got quite a bad rep this year in the build-up. Um, I think there was a lot of people I noticed that wasn't there that was usually there. I also noticed that um, there, seemed, there seemed to be more, a few more fringe events where people were sort of taking advantage of the fact that CBR was on. Definitely, yeah. Because, I mean, Brew by Numbers had a tap takeover at Brewdog, didn't they? Yeah. Um, I know, but killed a cat. And I'm not saying any of them doing anything wrong, I'm just saying that I did notice a lot of people were thinking, okay, well, if there's a lot of other folks going there, we had the fringe events. Pick either, up some of the passing yeah. trade. Well, either pick yeah. up the passing trade or the people who couldn't or decided not to get tickets. To, to go in like I said I, w- I would have gone to CBR this year so I would have been able to give my own opinion but when I found out that my travel was going to be almost two and a half hours two and a yeah. half hours each way and it's a five hour session <laughs> I decided not to well I know that we had quite quite a few of our listeners were, were there so um, as always um, we, we're keen to hear people's yeah. views so if you were there let, let us know how how Craft Beer Rising was for, for you and if, if the music was too loud let us, let us know or if there's anything else which you really enjoyed, don't just tell us what we, we already think we know. <laughs> yeah, having, having not been there. Yeah. 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 So there, there was lots and lots of positives. Um, and I say, I had a great time. And for us, like uh, work-wise with the brewery, I think we had a positive uh, reactions and good reviews. And for us, it was definitely definitely worthwhile doing. So. That's good. Well, before we get on to Justin's recent adventure, shall we uh, 
Let's see what it is. Yeah, so cheers, cheers. everyone. Cheers. Mm. Liking that. That's, yeah, that's, that's really, really tasty. Good. We got lots of chocolate on the nose. Mm. Perhaps a hint of red wine. And there, there is a, mm, there's a dark roasted sort of dark, almost dark chocolate-like finish to it mm. as, as as well. Yours, yours one. I mean, the grisette is nice. It's very the, dry. But yeah, it's very dry. That is that sort of dryness, which the more you leave it without supping it, get it's sort of still sucking, mm. sucking it out of your your mouth. Mm. Um, it's all got nice fruit. I mean, the equinot and mosaic are unusual for me to be in a grisette. Yeah. Well, we don't have grisette that often. Yeah, um, I've had a few in the past, and I'm, I'm wrapping my brains to kind of try and remember what they like. I remember being quite herbal, where this isn't. Yeah, this it? this has got none of that that sort of herbal stuff that you really yeah. well I personally don't want to see anywhere near a beer anyway um, so this could be easily one of the best grisettes on a small range of grisettes that I've had in the past um, but it feels very much like a summer beer this one I'm sitting here looking at you two knowing that it's snowing outside and you've got this lovely deep coloured stout with a nice little head on it and I'm thinking bugger it's lovely yeah it really sweet okay Not Justin how, how was your beer adventures <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think there's a. We just. I just want to say a couple of things about this beer, really, before before I dive dive on, um, and a bit about Tap Social. And I've been showing Steve a bit on the bottle, because if you look at the bottle, um, it says Tap Social is a movement is a social enterprise craft brewery that provides training and employment to people in prisons. Um, hence the criminally good beer, and the artwork on this bottle was created by a young person in custody. So clearly what they're doing is going into prisons and showing people how to brew and helping them out with brewing and giving them yeah. something they can go into and create that will have a positive, you would think, um, effect when they come out. Because clearly they've got artwork in there as well mm. and they're looking for people with talent to make the artwork. Um, well, the, the team behind it, they've got... Um, a criminal barrister and university tutor, um, someone undertaking a, a doctoral research in criminology, a Bachelor of Commerce graduate with craft beer bar experience and retail management experience, and they've all witnessed the difficulty people face when trying to turn their lives around after coming into contact with the law. They all love beer too, so they've set up this um, to create those employment opportunities for when people come out of prison. So it's a great, great sort of social movement. It's a good uh, idea. Behind. So well, well pointed out. That, this, <coughs> this yeah, movement. I think that's probably slightly more important than what I've been up to. No, I just, didn't want, I, so I, I just wanted to put it. You out. could have said it afterwards, smart ass. I, I just didn't want Steve talking about the beer anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, this is true. Do you want to say a bit about your brewery, and then I'll no, 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 no guests. <coughs> okay, moment of politeness. As I mentioned that, well, I've um, done a couple of things recently. Uh, one of which I know Martin, you had at the weekend. I brewed a beer with um, Billy Ricky, brewed the Raisins to be Cheerful Part 3. We swapped out, um, well, cut down on the Cascade and put some mosaic in and cut down the Chinook a little bit, um, changed it around that way and soaked the raisins in port and black tea with cacao nibs and um, caramel. Um, and I'm very pleased with it. I sampled it on Saturday when I was in the Billericay tap room, as did Michelle, and we both thought it was really good. So thank you, Trevor, for letting me have a little taste of that. I didn't know it was, it was in there. Um, but I think it's the best iteration yet. Good. Thank you. Um, 
And on Thursday, I was lucky to be invited to the Tate Modern um, for the Siren Tap Takeover there. Um, I know, mate, you've been to one of one of these events, and I went to Brooklyn um, one last year. I've never managed to get to. I've never. No, I, I haven't. I've been invited to the one at the Tate Modern, and it's only twenty minutes walk. But I've never. It's never fallen on the right day. I mean, the, the format is it, of it is is you can buy tickets. Um, if you want to go and that entitles you to beer and some food um, you get tokens which entitles you to beer you can obviously buy some more beer if you want to um, about a quarter of the way into the evening the brewer gives a talk um, but I'm, and I found this with Brooklyn one as well the people who are there are generally there because they're sitting around tables chatting to each other and not really paying much attention to the to the brewers or whoever's talking, um, which is a, bit, is a bit of a shame, really. Um, but the advantage that we get is to grab hold of the people producing the beer. They had what you would class their standard range, so things like Yulu, and um, I was quite delighted to rediscover Liquid Mistress about, I've forgotten what a great beer that was. And they pulled out some Odysseys as well. Um, went around with a few of those, so that was nice, and we cracked, cracked open a, a couple of bottles of, of some of their special stuff. But it was, yeah, it was good. And so, where, whereabouts in the same modern do they hold that? There is. It's not in the main building. Um, I was hoping it was, but it's not, is it? No, no. There's a there's a bar um, on the opposite side to the shop. So yeah. there's, there's a bar there. It's it's there all the time. Oh, so it's on the ground floor then? Yeah. Oh, so it's not like one, the one at the top? It's one at the top, that's what I thought it was. Because that's no, not a fantastic view from there. Yeah. Oh yeah, and it's got a, it's a fantastic bar actually, they have some great beers on there. Beers. Yeah, they, they have some really good beers on there. But this has as well, so this has a bottle selection and a cask selection, um, not cask selection, can selection. Also they have the tape, tend to pair up with a brewery for an exhibition. So they will have a beer, um, for an exhibition I went to a Liechtenstein um, exhibition a couple of years ago and they teamed up with Brewdog for a, a beer there an IPA called Torpedo um, and it's sort of themed around and generally it's more the artwork or whatever um, but they did let us into a, a couple of secrets uh, one of which is Limoncello is coming back um, and maybe Uncle Zesta the bragger Caron uh, Beard Chocolate Cake is being rebrewed and an Imperial Caribbean chocolate cake called Death by Caribbean chocolate cake should be hitting sometime in the summer. Yeah, so boy. Those last two bits are good news. The first two bits, not so. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that being said, those those first two, from what I can remember, are, are two beers that a lot of people, particularly the Uncle Zester, the year that was released, that appeared in a lot of people's golden pints at the end of that year. It was, by all accounts, an absolute crack. But the break it didn't. No, that was the break. That was that, that was, was the break. break. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think Quadrophenia as well may be coming back. I think they look at the quad. <coughs> but I do, I do like Simon beers though. As a general rule. Simon seems to be making and they seem to be expanding what they're doing at the moment, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Ooh, sound waves. They've just signed like a deal with Draft House, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. So they will have one of their cast beers on it all the time. Yeah. For the they'll have taken something from the news. No, no, we, <laughs> did, we, we did that last week. Okay. Yeah, because they've got their commitment to cask, haven't they? That they're, yeah. They're, yeah. That we continue to brew. And you can usually you can usually find their one of their beers in their craft beer cart as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I know it's very very southern centric for their beers, but I I do like when I do get the chance to see them. 
I think with the draft house as well, they've done a they've done a special for the Six Nations, haven't they? They've got a special cask beer available at the moment that's just been brewed just for the Six Nations. And they've um, also been topical. Released a triple IPA today, I believe, for a, called Beast from the East. Yes, so yeah, yeah. It, 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 it was very yeah. good timing. Yeah. Yeah. They must be. Oh, and imagine there's a few brewers going bugger. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to release a beer called that. What should we call this beer? Yeah. Ah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant, nice one. So, um, more thoughts on the beer? Um, I'm, I haven't really got too much to add from what I said. It's, it's refreshing. It's very it's dry. There is lemon again. I know we said that for the first beer, but this is runs right the way through it doesn't it yeah um there isn't too much else for me to say on it it's like i said it's not reminding me of the other grisettes i've had in the past mm. and that, that i mean that in a good way as well have you got um a bit about the brewery there from from, from the booklet yeah so this is a couple of um a couple of friends who uh, met when they were 11 and have been friends ever since um they've both been passionate home brewers for seven years as well um Rich is still in the motherland while Hamish has settled in the USA. However, they still share their recipes across the pond um, and their passion for the beer and the inspiring new wave UK craft beer scene paired with a first-hand understanding of the formidable US craft brewing movement led them to dream of founding a brewery. So it sounds like it's a brewery which they share their recipes, but it's actually um, across, the, across the water. So West by Free, I don't know if that's uh, some way implying about that but I don't, I don't really mm. know um, and basically they were I oh know uh, an ocean apart they thought about the beginnings of their long friendship on the third meridian west of Greenwich here the West by Free Brewing Co was born in January 2016 so again another fairly recent brewery one that certainly I haven't heard of before no I've not heard of in fact I would say so far I've not heard, heard of any of the ones we've had I, I think that's what beer pods do well with this box though isn't it is, is that they do source maybe some of the breweries that you might have heard of before but then they've also taken time to look at what else is out there and I think this is the fourth year that they've, they've yeah. done this box <clears> now and I think the last three years have been pretty bang on with the beers that they've yep yeah, I'd say that I had, I had them definitely the last two years I've read something about these recently, but couldn't tell you where it was. But they just passed their crowdfunding. We know them fairly well at the brewery; they're quite good friends. Oh, right. Like, that's where I might have seen them. They're quite yeah, yeah, they were yeah, there's, yeah. I'm, I'm not, there's, there's definitely some links with friends between the two. And they was involved with the trinary event, but I, I think they've just passed the crowdfunding. So based recently. in they're based in Oxford, Oxford aren't yeah. they? Which is is kind of over that way. Oh, yeah. My sister-in-law lives in Bicester, so I might have come across them. That's not too far away. No, I'd say, yeah. I would say then between us. The first four beers, kind of, a bit of a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah ab- absolutely. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's four for four so far. So so while we're sorting out the, the next two, I'm I'm going to jump into what I've been up to because I've not really done a lot. So yeah, obviously last week you would have um, heard the men behaving badly uh, podcast that, that that we did with the guys. Um, we recorded two podcasts that night. Lots of great beers were had, and then a few more were had afterwards. Yeah, we, as, we as, thought we'd have some beers in the pub as well. Yeah, and, and a couple of decent beers in, in the pub, particularly from Fine Owls. Yeah, that, the, uh, that Maverick, the Maverick. Maverick on cast. Yes, it was tasting pretty well. Just tasting bang on. Well, well enough for us both to have a second. That's true, yeah. And we, to be fair, I probably would have gone through a third at that part of the bar not shut. Yeah, if they had moved us along, like the old days. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't be asked to walk round to the other side of the bar to look at what was, what on, was on cast, so I just went for what was the nearest thing on tap, which was Pilsner Arkell. <laughs> which I think we all had. Yeah, 
perfect finish to the evening, a, a, a real cleanser. Um, and then just the other thing, and I did, I did mention this briefly on, on last week's show, but I, I did thanks to, um, massive thanks actually, to, to Paul from Two Brews in Colchester. I managed to get my hands on the, uh, the four half-acre beers that were imported over by um, Cave Direct. Yeah, I'll say thank you as well, because not only did uh, Paul source them for you, he, uh, he sold you mine as well, which you then delivered. Of course, because I'm nice like yes. that. Um, but those, I mean, I've, I've really enjoyed drinking all four of those beers. Um, they've been fantastic. I yeah. really, and they've all been, they felt like um, a bit, just a bit of a throwback. Yes, absolutely. To the sort of beers that really drew me in. That, that got us into it in the first yeah. place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah, that was, that was a nice, a nice quick one um, in, terms of, you in terms of what we've been up to while, while we're opening up this next beer. Well, I picked um, up two of those half-acre beers here. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so they've got, they've got a couple. Yeah, it seemed to be that, I, I think it was... Um, People that were on the Cave Direct distribution list got all four, and then most other distribution outlets got two of the four. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was it was. I mean, like I say, great beers, really enjoyable, really reasonably priced as well, considering all the fuss that there was yeah. uh, around them. They that they weren't um, they weren't a lot of money. This is an interesting business of golden syrup. Okay. I've not, I've not got around, I've just poured it, I've not, I've not got around to... <laughs> he's stuck his nose in already. It's really I mean, struck me. I've been done my beer adventures, yeah? I, I, know, we're, I know, we're three beers in and we're still on beer adventures. <laughs> it could be a long one. Um, so this is, we've got now, um, from Good Things Brewing Co, we've got a Hazy Pam. They're bright and weren't they? Um, I'm just trying to... I've, I've, seen, I've had any beers, but I've seen them around. Yeah, he's Sussex. Oh well, we're both, again, we're both uh, Sussex. Yeah. There's a bit of a coincidence because we have a beer from yeah. Sussex as well. Okay, again, in, a, in a can, four point five percent. So uh, Matt has chosen or picked out the Kiln Brewery, so five point nine percent IPL, called Breakout. Now these guys have heard about it. I'm sure Rach, yeah, either written something about them or mm. had them as one of her triangulary. I think, I think yeah, I think I recognise this this label. So, yeah. so, so you've got another lager. It's basically, yeah, we've got another lager. Yeah, it's got a hybrid lager this time. I didn't sign up to this. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. All right, well, while you guys are formulating your thoughts on the beers, um, I've had a bit of a Fuller's February, to be honest. Um, (laughs) Is that a new thing you start? It's a new thing I'm going to do every year. Um, So the the bottle shop advertised quite some time ago that they were doing a vintage ale tasting, which is going to be hosted by John Keeling. Um, someone I had, I had at that point not met and um, I thought that sounds alright it's also the day before uh, my and Michelle's birthday that sounds even better can I work it into some sort of schedule I two did two birds one stone exactly so um, we did she had a romantic night out at the bottle shop in Bermondsey uh, followed, followed by a snap up McDonald's <laughs> you know how to treat them. I do I do I will throw in I did, uh, I did, I did stuff up for a posh hotel after that Maybe the, the first bit wasn't so posh. <laughs> but the, um, the bottle shop, anyone who's been or seen pictures will know that the, uh, they've got like the mezzanine level upstairs and that's where we held the tasting. And there's probably about 35 to 40 people. It's £25 a ticket. Um, and you got to taste eight beers. Two of the past masters, five vintage and one brewer's reserve. Um, like quantity-wise, how much do you have? It was a good quantity. I, say, I, don't, I don't think... 
from the way the settings were, it felt like not everyone had turned up. Right. Um, so maybe we they'd calculated for a bit more, but it was good pause. And basically, once they'd poured it, wherever they were sort of finishing off, they'd put down the bottles. So everyone had quite a good mm. thing, which, you know, bearing in mind the the vintage ads are eight and a half percent. I think the Brewers Reserve is somewhere close right. to that. The two pass masters aren't far off that. So leaving us with extras probably wasn't the best idea. So I was thoroughly vintaged by the end of it. <laughs> I bet you were. Because um, I, I, I didn't not take any. Uh, but just a couple of shout outs as well. As much as um, A, the event was really well run. Everyone there really enjoyed it, really has ever enjoyed listening to, to John Keeling talk about the beers. Um, so Andrew from River and Brews was there, unbeknown to me. So he came and sat with uh, Michelle and myself. So it was nice to see him again. But the last time I saw him was at one of the Renegade, the Renegade Tap Launch. Yeah, I see him at Craft Horizon as well. Okay, cool. Um, and a couple of listeners came over and spoke to us as well. Uh, so shout out to Simon and Steve. Hello to you both. Lovely, lovely to meet you. And uh, thanks for coming over and saying, oh, we recognise that voice. And I'm thinking, I hope we don't remember saying anything. <laughs> I must have asked a question or so. Um, but just for the record, the, um, the best vintage one I tasted on the night was a 2009, mm. which also I hadn't tasted before, so that was nice. And I may never get the chance to taste the it. new tick. Um, and Fuller's part two was um, I went and did the brewery tour again, which I'd done a couple of years ago. But uh, a colleague of mine who left... Um, I was in charge of his gifts he's always been a massive Fuller's fan so I bought him the brewery voucher for two um, his missus had no interest as it turned out and he said do you want to go? Two oh, days yeah. nice nicely played <laughs> and I thought okay when do you want to go? so he, he, cho- he had read the blog I wrote about it a couple of years ago said well, I've booked up the last one you said the bar stays open a bit longer <laughs> nice one good man so met out with him had a few beers in the Mawson Arms and some very nice fish and chips Oh, and thank you to Fuller's because they sent me a tweet there saying if I show this tweet, they'll give me a beer. So I did. But I said, can you put it in two halves? I thought, a bit rude. The bloke, you give me the ticket. I turn up with my free beer. <laughs> Look what I got. Thanks. <laughs> um, uh, but the tour has changed even in the two years since I was last there. So the um, the, ra- the ranking lines, you know, with the cast and kegs, are, that seemed to be all fully automated now. It wasn't on at the time. Did you get to see the robots? Saw the robots, but not the robots in action. Oh. So... They were, they were def- definitely there though so there's been some decent investment in there and um, the brewery tap room so the hot cellar has changed as well they've got their range of cask taps and then at the back they've got their keg taps and on their keg taps there's some beers unbeknown to me but they even brewed so they're the session IPA they're the black IPA black IPA is great the black IPA is fantastic right up there with the best of them yeah. um, and um, a table beer and that was really nice as well but one of the standouts was... Um, Something on cask. Yes, yeah. it was on cask. Uh, not, not, not to mention the ESP we had in the Morton Arms, which was tasting great. It was the, um, the old winter ale. And you know, I think it might have been me who brought it on to Bottle Share last year. And we were all a bit near about it. On cask. And this is the first time in 20 years they've put it on cask, apparently. It was really good. I think we may have said that at the time, mm. actually, that it, it's a decent beer... But it, 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 was a, it was a beer that felt like it was made for cars. Yeah, and I think it was probably originally was. But yeah, for whatever reason, they haven't done it on cars for 20 years. So that was a really good day. And, and on the way back to the station, um, I'd spotted a pub earlier, which had a Formbridge Residency tap takeover going on as well. So it was, it was, a, good, it was a good Friday. 
Um, but that's that's quite a nice segue, actually, your, your Fuller's February, in, into the first news item uh, of this week. Yes, we are eventually at the news. Listeners will be um, pleased to hear. And, and that was what was probably undoubtedly the most unexpected news of, of the last couple of weeks, which was um, Fuller's book Dark Star. And Fuller and Dark Star bottles were already in the Fuller's shop. Oh, and, right. On the Monday... <laughs> Wow. On the Friday, just gone from when we were recording this. So, the, okay, the so that was announced as we record it this. It was announced on the Monday, I think. The um, Monday and the Tuesday. So the press release that I got from Fuller's was on the 20th. So that was Tuesday, the 20th of February. Okay, by the Friday the 23rd, there was bottles in there. So this was obviously a deal that's been and going Wilson on. And the Arms, um, the only beer on cask that had the pump clip turned around was Hophead. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, they'd run out of Hophead. Right. But it could have been because it was Fuller's Friday as well, and that's when all the staff can drink from the Wilson Arms for free. So I went in there and all drank coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so the news came out that um, basically um, Fuller's took a hundred percent stake in Dark Star's business, um, which in turn gives Dark Star access to funds that it needs to invest in new markets and increase their sales of beers such as Hophead, APA and uh, the, the other beers like Original Revolution uh, as well. Um, Bruin's going to continue at Dark Star's Partridge Green site um, and their managing director James Cuthbertson will remain at the helm of Dark Star. Um, and they, they will essentially continue to operate as a standalone business. Now, this deal doesn't include the four pub estates that Dark Star owns. They'll continue to be a separate entity to, to, to the Fuller's estates. Um, I, I mean, I, I know the four of us around this table are probably all quite big fans of both Fuller's and Dark Star. Yep. What, what, do, we, what, what do we think about this news? Well, I'm... If I look at it from one point of view, I think this is a very good thing. It gives them the opportunity to expand. This is Dark Star, the opportunity to expand. It brings them under the Fuller's umbrella, so it gives them a little bit of protection. And it's expanded the Fuller's range, and obviously it's Fuller's have now taken over a brewery that they intend to keep. They've said that they want to keep, keep it as it is and keep it running. It's a very popular brewery. Again, one of my favorites, as much as Fuller's are. Um, Looking longer term, I I worry if when you've got a portfolio of breweries, you become more attractive to a bigger operation in the future. And that's a concern of mine with that. Um, I'm hoping that's not, um, and that's not an issue. But when you have a portfolio of successful brands, um, then people start to look in your direction um, and see what they can do. And that's never a good thing in the long term. But I think short term for both breweries, it works really well. Um, it's a very good fit. The umbrella's nicely over it. It's 100% takeover, but they've kept the operation the same. No intention to close the brewery or downsize it mm. from what I've read at all. Well, so I mean, the, brewery, the brewery, and you know, the, the current brewing site is only two thousand and nine, anyway, isn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, that's an interesting point about what you're saying, Justin. About they could be more attractive now to any any uh, predators. It's much the same, you know. Three out of the four of us are football fans, and 
your team, when your team's successful, that usually means individuals within that team are successful. You get short-term success, but there's usually a bigger fish who only wants to snap up your best players. Um, but you wouldn't want your team not to have those best players at the time, and you wouldn't want them not to play well just because they don't get bought up. So, fingers crossed, Fuller's maintain their presence as an independent family brewer. There is still someone from the family Fuller's in there anyway. Um, and my, my own thoughts are much, much the same as yours, Justin, I think. And also, I think there are, there are things that Fuller's can probably learn from Darkstar as well. You know, because they're, they're, they're young brewers, they're, they're able to make, you know, there is not a hophead in the Fuller's stable. And that means that hophead ends up in two Fuller's pumps on either side of me at work. I'll be more than happy about that if they get rid of Oliver's Island. Um, yeah, I'm still sore about Chiswick. But moving on. It's, it's interesting that <laughs> just, just picking up on the independence thing as well. So Fuller's um, are, are by all accounts one of the, still one of the largest independent breweries in the UK uh, at the moment. However, that was because there was a, um, Matt Curtis put out a piece for Good Beer Hunting last week and he equated the size of Fuller's, even as they are now, it's still only roughly one quarter of the size of Sierra Nevada in the US. So it's not really making them which is hard to imagine much when you bigger. See how big Fuller's is, yeah, in the UK. So yeah, I've said my I, I think I, I can't, short to medium term. I see very little downside. I think it's a good thing. I think I think, I think, I think it's a good thing. Both yes, <clears throat> I think we'll see Hophead brewed on a larger kit, and we'll see Hophead around everywhere, which. I know it's a bad thing because it's a great beer. 3.9. I think, I think we'll see Fuller's beers being brewed at the Dark Star, which they might not want to go on the full kit at Fuller's. I yeah. think we might see some more specials and maybe more things like the Fuller's and Friends and things like that. So I, I, I think it's a good thing. Uh, the, the thing that annoyed me, the only thing that annoyed me was some of the reactions to Dark Star not being craft again, which I've, we've heard before. And yeah, well, I, think that, that, I think that led on to Pete Brown's post. Yeah, it? Pete yeah. Brown's post was really good, but... You know, if you if you don't think that Dark Star is craft, then you basically you're a fucking idiot, really. So it's it's interesting though because you, you say that, but you could question whether Fuller's a craft, but they do seem to be being more accepted by the craft community because I think just today Beaver Town announced that Fuller's are going to be at the Extravaganza. Yeah, I year. saw that, and I was like, that that's a little strange compared to all of the other breweries you've got there and it does seem as though some there's been a shift in the last year although Fuller's have always been at the LCBF haven't they yeah I spoke I spoke to someone recently who used to work at Fuller's and apparently John Keegan from the beginning right from the beginning of, of new breweries was like we need to support these breweries and he was always interested in, in them and wanted to work with them so and I, I think, think this is just coming around later than they yeah and there are obviously other brewers there other than just what John Keane yeah, was yeah. doing before and Georgina Young there's lots of other brewers and these guys will want to get mixing with these people but they, they would love to get the chance to mix with Beaver Town won't they, they but, especially they get a chance to do a class it's interesting that you mentioned that they're, they're at the LCBF do you think they're going to do what they did there and, and they're going to have a cask bar no I reckon I reckon at Beaver X it'll be more the, the stuff I described which were on the towns things like your black IPAs your session IPAs and your table beers or, or maybe it's lining up this year's Fullers and Friends series potentially if, if that's going to be, a, a, be an ongoing thing it'd be good if they brought the craft room uh, the cask room to um, Town because the cask room at the London Festival was my favourite part yeah, yeah it was my I thought, I thought it was, the way they did it I thought was really really good it was yeah. really 
stylish sleeves quite chilled out as well yeah. yeah i mean if you think about how people clamored for this year's fullers and friends can you imagine what it would be like uh, again if, if there's one in there that they've done with beaver town <laughs> off the shelves won't yeah it? won't be 12 pound for six no i think <laughs> it's quite an obvious fit that that those two brews would work together i think they would bring a lot to the table i mean it's sort of rock and roll up stance and established traditionalists I don't know BB Town not quite that anymore but um, they have a good reputation Fuller's have got this solid traditional reputation and why shouldn't they work together mm. I agree yeah. yeah okay so next next news story is again quite big news um, after the, 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 the Fuller's Dark Star one is, is that Northern Monk are, are about to launch a, a round of crowdfunding an enormous round of crowdfunding. Enormous round. So they're looking to raise at least five hundred thousand, with an option to raise up to a million. Um, and they're going to do this by selling ten percent, a maximum of ten percent of their equity, but only if the overfunding target is reached. Um, so we're going to go through CrowdCube, and if they get what they want, what it's going to enable them to do is to add an eight one hundred hectolitre fermentation vessels to its existing production facility but if they manage to go over the 500,000 they're looking at bars at fast tracking plans to open bars in London and Manchester um, as well as looking at starting a barrel aging and wild beer program in addition to that it's likely that the London location will also feature its first own brew pub I've got no choice now I have to go in it we need we need that brew pub in London. We need that. Maybe yeah. they'll open it next door to Brewdog, <laughs> who've got going to have their their, <coughs> their pub, aren't they? Their brew yeah. pub. Um, that's you know, well, I'm going to say it. We called it ones to watch. We, we did, didn't we? We because we had a the, the the second shortlist article that we were involved in, where we we were asked to call a couple of breweries that you wanted to keep your eyes on this year, and, and we did go for for, for yeah. Northern Monk because. We, we felt that there was maybe something more coming from them. We felt there was something more coming from them. Obviously, Colin Strong went there last year, but also, I think for us as well, it's a big thing about Northern Monk beers are quite accessible. We don't get them on tap so often down south, but you can get hold of the cans. Yeah. And I think that's, that was one of the things as well. And some of the beers they've been putting out in the cans just ramping it up, aren't they? Yeah. With their various trilogy series and stuff like that. But also, the fact that I can get in the supermarket couple of their core range but I, I just think I, I can't help but think that obviously the the, the northern monk tap room in, in in leeds is is absolutely iconic in the, the venue and the yep. look and the feel of it and I, I can't help but feel excited about the prospect of of them replicating that in london and and having a, a brew pub tap room offering it'd in be london. really interesting to find out where they think they might put that because we are we have got pockets in london haven't we and you, you know this is a bit around Hackney Week now is starting to uh, that that would be my bet is, is really starting to pick up now. hope that it would be this side of London <laughs> but can you imagine if you've got you know you've got Cave Direct and them there, and them there and a little visit to Harding Hops as well Mason and Co yeah you, you've got you've got everything it's becoming another destination don't forget to have oh you might have forgotten that. yeah <laughs> So, but yeah, so, I mean, it seems to be a place where you'd like to go. Yeah, yeah I'm just, you know, and also because that sounds like they want, if it's going to be brew pub, it's going to have to sound a bit of scale. You know, you might find it's a little bit cheaper out there than sticking in the city. Yeah. But um, I think that's really exciting. 
I'm, I'm quite excited about it, and I think I'm probably going to be dipping into the savings again to, to, to invest in, in, in yet another brewery. To invest in more beer. Crowdfunding scheme, yeah. Um, but while we're talking pubs as well, there was news in the last couple of weeks that um, Five Points are, are taking on um, the Pembury Tavern, which is a, a historic pub that's actually situ- situated on the Five Point Junction. Yeah. So um, we're actually going to see Five Points actually opening, I, I imagine, a, a, a Five Points taproom for, for all intents and purposes. That, that pub needs a refit. I was in there in December time and it's, it's like a social club inside. I hope, I hope they keep it a little bit more traditional actually to showcase their cast beers because Mason what are you and talking Co- about the bar itself? No, no. So for, like, Rip it out. <laughs> Five, like the five points, uh, obviously, Mason & Co is them as well, but it's all keg. It's all keg. Whereas this, for me, looks like it could be could offer something different. And I hope, oh, it's, I hope it's not gutted and then put, looks like Mason & Co. I hope it's like a good I think traditional... Good, yeah. keep, keep, it like, keep it like a pub. Well, it yeah. feels like... I mean, yeah. I think that's surely that's what they're I'd love do. to see what some of the pictures of that pub were inside years ago. Like yeah. I said, it's gone through, I think it's gone through some probably horrible and very unsympathetic refits over the time. And it, like I said, it felt like a social club to me, but not necessarily a social club I want to spend much time in. Um, and they did have they did have a five points beer on, but the rest of the selection was a bit shocking. So anything they can do to that that makes it feel a bit like a pub, and we get to try the their cask offerings yeah. um, fresh as well, right on top of the brewery, and exactly yeah. how you'd expect them to be. I think it'd be a good feeling. It's a really good point. I think we're going to see a few uh, breweries doing that this year. Well. Uh, investing in pubs yeah I think so I think that's one of the big things we're going to notice well, especially if with the got, growth of breweries especially if, if you haven't got actual tap room space yeah then you have a pub which can be open under normal pub licensing laws seven days a week whereas the tap room just has to work a little bit different has to fit in with the daily operations doesn't it mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff whereas the pub won't just draw in five points fans will it I mean doesn't it make more sense there's a place a venue um, probably run, run down maybe recently closed you've got a venue that caters for beer um, you don't have to fit out a tap room you don't have to find premises it already has a license you just move in and make it a pub for your brewery yeah it's not yeah. as if they haven't got experience of running a pub no no they know, they know what they're doing they're the guys behind five points, points yeah. that who, run, who own it know how to run bars and pubs yeah. Plus, it's not just Five Points Beers and Mason and Co. So you you have a good you have all of the like the core, but you have yeah. a good selection of other breweries. And and again, I'm hoping cask wise that will follow. Well, follow got, yeah, the because they often have a lot of beers from again from like Yorkshire, don't they? Make their way down to Mason and Co. So we start getting say some Yorkshire casks down. Yeah, that'd be quite good. Well, yeah. they'll quite often do an area of the country, pick that area, and have. Yeah, some gig beers in from there, and I think it's good news. Um, before we get to the the last couple of bits, um, the beers. Gone. What do we think? Because well, I noticed we're all just yeah. quite happily supping. I'm. This is quite uh, full bodied in in terms of uh, for, for a pal out. I wouldn't. Even, I mean, color wise, it doesn't. They called it a, pal, a hazy pal. It's like an amber. It's yeah. It's, it's more, more like, like an amber. It's fairly clear. Yeah. Um, it's it is quite sticky. Uh, it's, it's got quite a sweet finish to it. There's there's a little bit of bitterness in there. Is it an English pie though? Maybe a hint of Very caramel. Yeah, I think it's yeah, a bit of a it's, hybrid. It's, it's English I would say it's a bit of a hybrid. There's no. Um, it's certainly not an American amber. You can pick it up. Let's have a look at the hops. I've had a couple like that recently when they've if they just said amber and not put in American, 
and I'm thinking we're American amber, and I've had I had a few last year when I was over there. I was thinking well, that that's just going to be a bit more hot forward, and you really haven't done any favours by putting the word American on there. Oh, this to be fair, it doesn't say American anywhere on here. Um, oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, no, I was just I was equating it ah. with with an amber ale and not an American amber because I was picking out the hops: hops being Mandarina, Cascade, and El Dorado that it's dry hop with. But interesting, it says on here we're on a journey to make. The craft of brewing the beers we love better for the world we love. Follow us in bringing our off-grid brewery to life. So clearly, they what? have... I've got no idea what that means. Uh, no. They no. want to do something environmental, so no. they're working no. off the grid. They're not drawing on the electric. So whether that's, I'm assuming they have um, either a wind farm, a wind turbine or something similar? Well, this is where this fantastic little booklet comes in <laughs> uh, again, actually. So um, it's made up of Chris, Russ and Sam. Uh, whilst they're based in Brighton, they're currently cuckoo brewing a little further afield at Ramsgate Brewery, but have plans to open their own brewery in the Sussex countryside towards the end of the year. Chris has 15 years experience in the renewable energy industry which is being put to good use. The new brewery will be built from the ground up to be fully sustainable from water to power, waste to distribution. They will be completely off grid from the word go. So yeah, they are looking at that. Good, I mean, that's good pretty impressive. On, on, on what was on the yeah, I'm thinking off the grid, so I'm thinking like born identity or something. They're very shifty. They've gone dark. Literally, they've gone dark. I read that as the national grid. Yeah, so, so no. So I mean, what did what did you think of our one, Matt? I liked it. Clean, clean middle, and then citrus at the ends. Didn't, didn't feel like 5.9. Does it? No, and that's what I noticed when we were just sapping it. And then I thought, oh yeah, this is 5.9, this one. It's, it, again, it's it's quite clean though. Um, dry, dry finish. Yeah, good body. So it's got all the sort of things I'd look for in a beer. Good body, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. You do get a lot of new beers which don't have that, something just to hold it. It's been a bit thin. Yeah, sometimes this one is definitely isn't it. Yeah. It's really nice, the London Kiln Brewery. So breakout. So, oh, wait, so... What, what would you say? Your one is a, a yes or a no? Or I really, really enjoyed I it. I enjoyed it, yeah. Okay, so... I love uh, golden syrup, and it was golden syrup through and through. Yes, it had tasted. It maybe... So it was in the aroma of it. Maybe a bit too much body for, for, for the style. That, that, was, that would be... I mean, it was, it was nice. Well, I don't know. If I'm smelling golden syrup, I want it to be sticky, to be fair. <laughs> but yeah, but then I want it to tell me that, because if I'm, if I'm picking up a can that says Hazy Pal... I'm expecting something maybe a little bit different from alcoholic golden syrup. Um, next, next beer's out of the box. What, what have you got next? We've got Boat Lane Brewery, again a brewery I haven't heard of, called Phantom Falls. And this is a, a fruity American pale ale. And we have got... Well, I'm very pleased to announce that we have the Burnt Mill, Sophie Deron's beer, um, which I'll go into a little bit later. But we've got the Pintle uh, Citra and Cascade Pale Ale. Bone Mill Brewery Limited. I think he must have watched when the beers got put back in the box. I think it's, it's fixed. It's, it's fixed. Not, it's not minute. fixed. We do have a 440 mil can this time, so it's possible we could maybe save some of that for. for you, you cannot. I would, I, to be fair, I'll I would, I would make the same offer. In that case, fuck them. <laughs> we'll, we'll drink that to ourselves. Um, <laughs> I didn't even hear what you got when I pulled this Yeah. Um, so, so just the last, while we're pouring this, last um, point of the news, and this is something that I know three of us around this table will be very excited about, <laughs> and that's, that's the news that Six Point are expanding their distribution across the UK. And, and basically you can now buy resin outside of Weatherspoons. 
is is the big big news coming out of this one. So um, beer's been brought into the country now by Heathwick, um, currently uh, bringing in their core range of Bengali IPA, resin, and um, there's another one. Is the sweet action they're bringing in as well? They're also going to be bringing in limited edition edition and seasonal specials in due course. I mean, this is great news. I've been news. I love resin. Um, I had a Bengali the other day at uh, Webspoons, and I'm sure that Tom brought a six-point chocolate coffee. stout, coffee stout. It was the free beans, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah that's four beans. Beans. and that was beans, absolutely yeah. delicious. So well, if, they, if we get a few of their seasonal ones over as well. Well, they did have that at Craft Beer Rising. The three beans? Yeah. We had that at... So, I'd hope that when they're talking about seasonals coming out soon, that they would have brought the ones that they planned to bring out. Because I would love that was that was one of the best. I thought it was excellent when we had that. That was the best beers I'd ever count at that point. I think yeah, it was amazing. That's made that quite exciting because they are a good brewery. It was fantastic to see those beers in Weatherspoons. I think we all lapped lap them up and you can go in there and it's just fantastic. Probably lapped up far too many in my time. I still have images of the, the night where we went out in Chelmsford and finished in well, Spoons. to say goodbye to Alex. And, and built a tower of resin. <laughs> <laughs> spoons. Which implies we definitely had more than one. We, yeah. we had many more than one. And that was the day after we'd gone to Goose Island as well, man. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I was suffering. Yeah. So, I, th- I think it's good news. I think it's. I think it's good news. Uh, and, and already since that that announcement's been made, we've seen it. Um, House by mouth. Also, you can fit a lot of those cans in the door in your fridge because then they're, they're narrow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Abs- absolutely. Oh, look, yeah. and Steve's green cans. <laughs> Brilliant. It ticks all the boxes. That does it, doesn't it? Um, so next next beer. Um, cheers. 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 Oh, Fruity nose. This one. Well, it has. A big mouthful of raspberry, so it's. Oh, that's so it's got the wrong added raspberry in it. Yep. Okay. And lactose. I can get. There is a certain sweetness. Yeah, we're we're happy. Yeah, we're, we're happy. happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is this the first time you guys have had the Burton Mill? Um, I had one at the weekend. Actually, I had the. Is it the Green Pass? Yeah. Um, which was. Supposed to be kind of a West Coast IPA, bit of a hazy version. I was, I wasn't, I was a bit disappointed. I'm going to be honest. It was, there, there was none of the bitterness that I'd expect from a West Coast IPA. It was, it was more. And I know a lot of people have said that Burnt Mill seems to have found the balance between East and West Coast. I felt it was more East Coast leaning than it was West Coast. I was getting none of the bitterness that that I want from yep. from that style in a beer. But of course, this is the first beer I've had from Burnt Mill, um, but not by any measure the first beer I've had from this brewer. So, just a bit of background to Burnt Mill. Um, I'm sure we'll pull something out of the booklet in a minute. Well, wait, need to. Yeah, yeah you're, you're about yeah, to yeah, do yeah, it. Who needs the booklet? Send Justin out of box. Um, <laughs> Sophie Durand, who is the brewer at Burnt Mill, used to, um, which cut her teeth really, uh, Brentwood. Um, brewery just down the road um, at their old site, moved to the new site. Um, one of her final beers was the Van Canna that she did, that was her, her brainchild. Then she moved over to Munton's Maltings um, up in Norfolk and worked with them and worked on their small kit, um, brewing some beers. And we were talking about, do you remember the last time I was on the, the different malts? 
she mm-hmm. was brewing beers with obviously if you're in maltings you're getting different malts in brewing the same recipe um, quite similar to the Gabinda and um, thing that Shane's doing and brewing beers like that and I, I managed to get a few samples um, and now she's moved on to Burnt Mill and looks like she's hit a sweet spot so is, is, is this is, is this her brewery or is, is, has she just gone in as the brewer on, on, on a project? As far as I'm aware, she's gone in as the brewer. Um, but we'll check that out. But as soon as I opened the, opened the booklet and saw her picture standing by the kettle, I went, there's Sophie. It does say head brewer. You've got founder Charles O'Reilly and head brewer Sophie Durand have already won the accolade of best new brewer in the UK from Rebeer. Yeah, yeah. And, and these, I mean, the, these guys have been making oh, they've been quite making a lot of noise. Yeah, I mean they released what about it was towards the sort of last quarter of last year that they that they first started putting some beers out, and from the minute that these beers came out, everybody was talking about them as as well. So yeah. um, the, these are, uh, are probably that the inclusion of these in this box is no surprise whatsoever. In no, I mean, we haven't seen, obviously, the last few, but I would say this is definitely, you've, even if you hadn't tried them, you know of them probably yeah. right now, or a lot of people will have known of them by the time they get around to trying it. What do, what do you think of our one, man? I mean, like I said, I've uh, got the sweetness and the, and the raspberries, but... I'm probably not the best judge, because I'm, I'm not a massive fan of... Uh, like raspberry beers in general if I'm to be honest I'm not apart sure. from Andy's uh, raspberry room which completely goes against I think, it, I think it's nice but raspberries nice. as a whole I'm, I'm just not sure why they have if that makes any sense because a fruity American pale ale big mouthful of raspberry and cascade hops I'm fine naturally a hazy bottle condition but I'm not really sure I needed the the raspberries and the lactose it's not unpleasant. You but get, I don't it feels get the like lactose in the, in the field. Usually you can get, you know, you get that yeah. sort of creamy. But this, I can get it on the aroma. I, I get it a bit if I think about um, the old fashioned sweets, raspberries and custards. Yeah. This is what this beer reminds me of it's one half of raspberries and custards or some sort of strawberry ice cream float, raspberry ice cream float kind of thing going on. Um, or crusher milkshakes. That's what it is. And anything else it reminds you of? I'll let you know. If it comes to me, I'll let you know. So where, where are these guys from? Boat Lane Brewery? Boat Lane Brewery. Uh, this is a brewery that are very local to um, the guys at Beer Bods. And so their little bit of blurb at the start was they weren't too sure whether to share this one in the box because they don't want everyone to know about it. Um, so they've made a few other beers. Um, I'm going to throw this one at Steve first of all. So they've got a Hazelnut Mild a Satsumo stout and a table beer. So obviously uh, a wide a wide range of beers. Well, they're going, they're going for something a bit different, isn't they? Like they've got, seem to have something added to those yeah, beers. What, it's what, not a case of we've got a power out. Yeah. What they're, what they're saying is that, I mean, in that neck of the woods, it's very trad. So they are, you know, um, so they, they are experimenting with other ones just to see what the audience thinks etc so I think it's um, I think it's definitely interesting but again I think on this side of the uh, the table where me and Matt are um, we've definitely had summer beer so far yeah. although Matt, Matt and I have just done a quick swap because I was I was quite intrigued to, to try this one and the, the raspberries are certainly in there um, they're, they're very much in the, in the background 
uh, at the moment. Um, I think it could maybe do with a little bit more carbonation to lift the flavour. It might just bring it to the foreground a little bit yeah, if there's I mean, a bit more fizz in there. I mean, it's bottle conditioned as well, so I'm quite surprised it hasn't got a bit more of that going yeah. on. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting beer. It's definitely I an interesting mean, beer. That really cold in the summer, you could really drink that. And that's probably why I'm, because it's, again, I'm thinking this is so far our, our fourth summer beer out of the range, which we seem to have picked on our half of the box. It's a good addition to the box because it's different to the other stuff. It's oh, like, it is so different. It's not, you know, so it's not just a American IPA style. Yeah, I think it's not. I can understand why it's in the box. Yeah, it is different. And again, you're not going to find that easily. No. I imagine they're not a massive operation. See, no. it's got the aroma, that sweet aroma. Yeah. He's got a hint of barley wine to it. I don't, I don't perhaps, overly so, perhaps. Um, it's barrel aged. And I was expecting the ABV to be a bit higher. However, the minute you taste it, the raspberries are there, it calms it down, it disappears. It's just, perhaps it's just that tart sweetness that I'm picking yeah, up. Yeah, possibly. The Which you, would get, you could get from, from what they've used. Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's, I meant Matt's right. It's good to have the mix in there. Yeah, and, and it is, again, you know, Bibboards have done really well in putting together a really good selection of beers. There's a, there's a few different styles. Yes, there's a lot of pals and a few IPAs in here as well. Yeah. There, there, is a, there is a variety of styles. But despite the, uh, the weather we're, we're getting on the recording night, we are starting to look towards spring, aren't we? Yeah. So, you know, you want to, you'd want to start seeing a few pale beers turn well, up in your box. You would, but this isn't for that, is it? This, this is a box that, that, that's showcasing what these breweries yeah. can do. Um, and a lot of breweries are brewing that pale ale. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's yeah this is not a season I was, I was talking about, Yeah, I was talking about it from the punter's point of view, yeah. not reviewers. I'd want to start seeing those kind of beers in there. So if I'm not really thinking about it, I can just put it out of the fridge. So we thought that while we was um, essentially reviewing a beer bods box this yep. week, the, 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 the perfect question to, to put to our listeners this week um, would be, do you have a beer subscription? Opinions, 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 opinions. And we got um, about 450 votes. And the only reason why I've gone for about is because we're recording early tonight, so the, 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 the vote actually hasn't closed. Um, but as, as we recalled, um, we, we gave three options. We had yes, not anymore, or never have. 56% of people have never had a beer, beer subscription of, of, of any sort. 20% have and 24% have, but haven't got one anymore, um, which, is, which is quite... It's quite a split, really, between those that haven't and those those that have. It's almost when you add them up, it's almost fifty fifty uh, uh, at that yeah. point. Yeah, I mean, it was um, four hundred fifty three total in the end. Okay, so, so it's not not too no, far. But not, not too thanks far. Thanks everybody voted. It's our, one of our bigger ones for a few weeks as well. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So just just quickly around this table. Because I know Justin, you're you're a beer bots. I am subscriber yep. for many years. Aren't yes, you? almost from the get go. The beer bots approached me to see if I would like to subscribe, and I did. So I'm in one of the low numbers of um, beer bots, and I've subscribed to all the beer bots plus boxes um, as well. And um, I think I only missed the first beer bots, the first beer bots box. I think. Um, and maybe not all of that box. I think or Orval was their sixth or seventh or eighth beer. 
There is a, there is a picture of their first 200 beers, isn't there? Yeah, and I was, I think I was the beer after that was when my subscription started. Um, and I've all, I also had a subscription for many year, uh, years with the Belgian um, Discovery brewery. Film. No, there was, there's a Belgian one that I get through, and I can't remember the name because I, I stopped it about um, two years ago. And possibly the reason I stopped it, and I think it was definitely the reason I stopped it, you get um, six beers from a brewery and a glass from that brewery. Um, and it became, there's no option not to take the glass. Mm. So the reason I stopped that subscription is because... It's filling up the cupboard, yeah. doesn't it? Well, especially <laughs> Belgian beer glasses. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're all shapes and sizes. Well, yes, but I, I just didn't have any room. And mainly they're works of art, so I, I stopped the subscription, which is a shame, really. I stopped the subscription not to get the glasses. But yeah, I've, yeah. I've been beer bods and been very, very happy with it. They've thrown out some curveballs. They've had, I suppose, in my in my drinking experience, quite a lot of beers that I've had, but also quite a lot of beers I I like to revisit. So um, I'll pull out something and go, oh, I've not had that for a while, and it's it's quite nice to have it. Or I might pull out something and go, meh, and be surprised. So I'm happy. I think that seems to echo what a lot of people are saying, particularly in regards to, to, to beer bods. And obviously, both you and I listen to Stephen, well, Gary and Roland's beer podcast. Yeah, Steve's, Steve's just a guest. Steve makes an occasional appearance, and obviously they, they document the beer bods box, and they, they will sometimes quite honestly say that they can't understand why a beer's appeared in a box. Yeah. And, but then the flip side of that is they do seem to bring a lot of breweries that maybe you wouldn't necessarily have, have, have tried before so the, which is the reason why I, I, I was a beer bods subscriber till last year and it was a beer bods live event where I first met Justin indeed um, uh, down in London and it was Clayton who introduced me to beer bods and I had some really as part of the beginnings of my beer journey untapped and beer bods went hand in hand um, one of the main reasons I stopped doing it was um, I was just never around on a Thursday to get involved in the online engagement that went on on, on the social side which yeah, yeah. you know was a bit of a shame because that was that could be quite a good fun a lot of time. That was one of the things that I really liked about it, rather than just being a, a subscription box. There was this online, almost like a book club taking place. It's, it's the USP, That's isn't it? It's, that, yeah. it's, it's what it's what beer boards have yeah. done so well. Yeah. Is, is that engagement yeah. on? So it was like having an online. It was like having a book club, but it was about beer. Any time between nine and ten, and then if you did have the beer boards plus, and it was one of those nights, you then have beer number two. See, I'm still a subscriber, but. I don't feel obliged now or currently to go in with that I'm quite happy pulling the beer out a couple of days later or sticking it in the fridge. Okay, so, so Matt, you've, uh, as opposed to Justin and, and Martin, you're, um, you've a subscription to Beer 52, haven't you? Yeah, pretty much since the beginning of a while. Well. Yeah. yeah, I think I had like a couple of months gap when uh, I moved into the house and figured I probably should save a bit of money and then two months later I decided to go against that and sign back up again. Stop saving money and went for beer. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, I've always been really happy with them. I think they're, they're, they're fairly um, safe sometimes. I think it's good for someone who's just getting into different beers and maybe don't really want to go out or don't go out too often to the pubs, but are quite happy to get that stuff going. I think it's good for that. I especially like it when they like, will feature an area or a country. So there's been like one from Amsterdam and there's been certain parts of America 
uh, Scotland I, I quite like that um, and I just personally think as well like Ferment Magazine is its USP I know there's some other magazines but I think that one's probably the best magazine Ferment, uh, Ferment uh, is very good there's a lot in it yeah there's a lot in it there's a lot of uh, writers in that we're all friends with that I like to see as well because they're doing well and you know writing good articles in there so yeah I wasn't really happy with it it's interesting because just, just echoing what you were saying there of obviously you know listeners feeding back on Twitter we, do, we did have t- two of our podcasting brethren feedback about beer 52 in particular so um tanked up at tanked up underscore cask um they were saying they've got so many excellent bottle shops in bristol it's getting harder to spread the love and visit them all still got the beer 52 subscription though for fridge beers and and i know listening to their podcast they have featured quite a lot of the beer 52 beers as kind of staple beers that that they drink as part of their show and and then also the guys from men behaving badly who who we obviously recorded with last week um, as a bunch of total newbies beer 52 has been great exposure to styles and breweries we never knew existed so I, i think like like you say it's you know it would seem that most of the subscription services have one USP or, or, or another whether that be that they're that they're featuring beers that you maybe would never pick up if you went into a bottle shop or it's they've got something unique that they're doing on social or they've got something additional in, in terms of their, their their subscription I think for me the subscription box is where you automatically get something delivered every month for the ones I weren't so keen on whereas beer bods is one box every three months one bottle a week beer bods plus is one box every six months, one bottle every two weeks. I also had for a while the quarterly Abrea Discovery case. But again, I felt like I didn't have to rush anything because, oh God, the next box is about mm. to turn up. But maybe we really probably should have featured Clayton on tonight's show as well because there's got a like, subscription to everything, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got lots of subscriptions as well as the stuff he buys elsewhere. I think the next thing for me, I don't, if I buy beers in bottle shops, I usually get like one or two. Just if I'm in there, I pick one up. I don't think I've ever really gone into a bottle shop and like splashed down 30 or 40 quid. Whereas, because I've got the beer 52, I kind of just know that I've got that kind of flow of beers. You know, you know you've got it coming. Yeah, yeah. They, stack, they stack up a little bit. Um, and sometimes I'm probably drinking some of them maybe a bit later than I should be. But I think, it, yeah, I think it's that balance because I don't really go into bottle shops and buy big boxes worth of beers. That is my. I tend to have a mixture of sources. I mean, I have still, even since I left uh, the beer boards thing, Anibria, I've still shopped at both of them. It was just I didn't need I didn't need or want subscription cases anymore. Yeah. I mean, beer boards, you can still order the beers as you go along. And when they did the patrons project last year, I ordered the free, the free nine beers, but they did. So, right, well, me and Matt have opened our fifth beer. Okay, so why Justin just opens this, I will just say at this point, because it feels as though it's the appropriate mm-hmm. point, the one kickback that we have got for featuring this box this yep. week is that our listeners can get hold of this box at a 10% discount. And this is a this is a listener-only offer as well. So we're not advertising this code on social media or on our website. You can only you can only get this code from the podcast right now. So if you head over to beerbods.co.uk, uh, order this box and then use the code BEERACLOCK18, you'll get 10% off of this box of 12 beers and you'll be able to sample them and you'll be able to give your own thoughts back to beer bots as well. And again, I think that's the one thing that 
um, Matt and Gordon are really good at, uh, at beer bods is taking feedback from, from the beers that are in their boxes yeah. well and taking all of that on board and using that in when they select their next beers so, so, so do make sure if, if you're enjoying the sounds of what we've drunk so far we've, we've still got four beers to get through um, then, then head on head on over and um, uh, order this box you Steve subscriptions this one uh, no, I, I never have. You never have? No. I didn't think you had. Um, but, you, but you buy, like I was saying, right, I don't get big sort of orders online. You do that, don't you? Like you'll, if you see a brewery that's got a beer coming out, you'll get like a few of those beers at the same time. Not just the one beer, you'll get like a, like a selection, won't you? Yeah, I will, yeah. Um, I've never... I, I, I bought the... Not the one that's just gone the one before that. I bought the Beer Bods Plus... The first half of last year? Box. First half second, of half of last. second half. One that went from summer... Uh, pro- actually, one that went probably from about this time last year. Yeah, so first half, yeah. Through yeah. into the, the, the early autumn. Um, and I think I probably found what you did. I was never around at, at 10 o'clock on a Thursday night to, to, to drink the mm. beer, to get involved in the, the, the social media side, yeah. it, which is obviously the, the, the USB. That was the only one I've ever bought. I don't... I don't subscribe to, to any and I've always been on and, and we had a lot of people that, that, that said that this as well is I, I'd rather choose my own beer and, and I'd rather build my own box on, on, on a monthly basis rather than have someone else do it for me which is what you do at Beer Central yeah um, because you know all, all joking aside that there are certain styles I don't like and you, you're guaranteed to get at least one maybe two of those in, in, in each box and yes. then I feel like well that's money that I could have spent on a style of beer that I prefer to drink but there's a certain camaraderie about opening a beer of this site when other people are sharing the same oh, beer oh I, I don't I don't disagree with um, that at all that, but that's why I stopped doing it because I, I was then missing the camaraderie I think that's that's the problem I've had and I have no trouble I, I Thursday nights are not good for me well, I have no trouble taking it out a couple of days later and then trying the beer um, and having it then but I do miss the beer bods experience yeah. um, and I have done I think probably for about four or five months I'd say honestly I've dipped in occasionally and really this is probably I think maybe I should get get back to it but we have had a new um, tap room open um, in very local to where I work on a Thursday night um, so I, I always have a few beers before I head home um, so it knocks on dinner which knocks on putting the kids to bed which beer bod starts at nine which is the, my children's bedtime so I'm catching up and maybe yeah, the kids have to go to bed at half ten now yeah yeah so, <laughs> so <laughs> Justin's been out drinking and can do beer yeah, bods yeah. <laughs> um, no that doesn't happen so, so, should we take yeah, yeah, disclaimer let, let's, let's, not interfere with. <laughs> let's try these beers cheers cheers well, we have Ruby Weiss, R-H-U-B-Y, Weiss, a rhubarb Hefeweizen, 5.5% by 71 Brewing from Dundee in Scotland. Um, and I would say, certainly from the aroma at least, it says Ruby Hefeweizen, or rhubarb Hefeweizen to me. It's, um, it, it, it's certainly... Does what it says on the label. That's that's for sure. Not your preferred style, though, Steve. Is this yeah. one of those bottles that you wouldn't want to see in your box? It's it's not, but I think actually 
it calms the clove and vanilla of the Hefeweizen. You mean it brings the wheat down a bit? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's... Because sometimes that can be quite overpowering the wheat, can't it? Yeah, actually. I mean, it's definitely got... You definitely get the rhubarb on it. And, and then you do get a hint of the, 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 the wheat. It's probably it's called though. I've had a couple. I think it's, it's tough. It's a tough ingredient to get right. I think. I mean, tough ingredient to get right, but that may be one of the places to have it though, because yeah, wheat beers. If it's too much wheat, you do get the cloves and banana, which could be a bit overpowering at times. So that could be the the right one. What would you think of the beer we're we're sampling then, Matt? Um, we have IPA from Unbarred, which we've seen a lot of recently. Yeah. Um, they're from Brighton again, I think. Yeah, we, we've got free beers from Sussex in this box. Yeah, it started off in a tiny kitchen in, in a flat in the Hove. And now, I say, I've seen quite a lot of them. Um, yeah, it's fine. It's, it's, it's on style? Yeah, it's on style. Um, there's, there's, it's easy drinking. At the same time, it's not particularly challenging. No, it's, I don't think it's doing anything particularly new. No. But I think it's doing what it says well. Yeah, I agree. So I'll be, I'm pretty happy with that one. I think right now this is one of those ones where Steve would quite happily swap the West Coast. I would, I'm, I'm going to swap like Steve did before because I am intrigued on the rhubarb. No, I'm, I'm so not. glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, Steve's not fighting you <laughs> for that one. Um, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. It's it, it's not a bad beer. It's it's start, what it style wise, it, it is exactly what it is. It's just. It's it's just not for my it's not for my palate. If you if you're going to set out to brew a rhubarb, brew a rhubarb hefeweizen, they've hit this bang on. It's very good. Rhubarb seems to be very much an ingredient that's in favour at the moment. I, in the lo- last week, I've had rhubarb gin and rhubarb vodka um, locally, so it seems to be one of those. Rhubarb gin, I wouldn't mind trying. Um, anyway, I've just had a little sip of the Unbarred IPA, and that's cracking. <laughs> uh, I mean, that is that is bang on. It's 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 resiny. It's got that kind of piney note to it. It's 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 West Coast in glass. That is. Um, it does what it says on the tin. I can't, I can't pull it up on anything. Yeah. You know, you 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 can always want something else. You can always want something more. But five point four percent, tall boy, four forty can, West Coast IPA. Tick. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's get into some some of these comments because we've had we've had our views and we did have a lot of people feedback this week as well. So um, in addition to obviously we've we've spoken mostly about beer bods and beer fifty two because that that's kind of been the focus sort of ones we know. around the table. A couple of people mentioned Honest Brew as well. Um, in particular, um, Ian at Pinder Mister said, "I've got a subscription with Honest Brew. I've had it nearly two years." can continually change your styles or preferences and leave notes for flavours, types of beer you'd like to try, etc. I found that to be very good. Now, I find that quite a, a unique little thing as well. Yeah, you well, can actually add notes to your subscription and they'll change your box based on yeah, what you're Yeah, I think that's a good idea, isn't it? Because, I mean, you've got to be something different, otherwise it's just different beer subscriptions, isn't it? I mean, what notes would you leave, Steve? Green, IPA. Tick, tick, <laughs> yes. Can winter, a few porters, thank yeah. you. Impy, impy stout. Yeah. But I think, no, joking aside, it's, I think it's it a bit good. more personalized, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, and so, it means that they it? are actually paying attention to what, what you're after. Whereas, you know, the difference with other ones, like I said, the Ebreed Discovery case, the beer bots, you are getting what they've decided to send out. Mm-hmm. Well, from a business point of view, you would give someone the option because they keep sending beers you don't like, they're going to count, aren't they? 
Eventually, yeah, so that's what would happen. If you're selecting the flavours and, and types of beers you like and you keep getting them, you're going to stay... But he's obviously, Ian here is obviously the, he's, um, willing to actually go online and actually make those notes and, and update those preferences. So it'd be very easy to probably people who would just... Just forget. Forget, yeah. moan yeah. about it and go, oh, I've got another box of stuff I don't like. You could have told them beforehand. So I think it's quite good. For them. Yeah. They, they've got that in their armoury, but they can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that was mentioned as well was Hot Burns and Black, who do their sub-club, I, I think it is, which is once every now and again. Yeah. Um, from, and what, from what I've seen, that generally tends to sell out very quickly as well when they... That they put that on the market. Yeah. yeah. But I think that costs a bit more above the average beer subscription case, but yeah. it's based on what they're sticking in there, isn't it? Uh, absolutely, yeah. You're getting some quality beers. Lovely if they had the hot sauce had a bit of vinyl thrown in as well, that'd be that'd be <laughs> that, that, that'd make it just really yeah, 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 that, I'm all over that. Random vinyl. <laughs> so like, like I mentioned earlier, we, we had a lot of people mention that 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 simply don't subscribe because they don't want to rely on somebody else making the choice or they actually enjoy going the, the, the physical act of going into a store and browsing what, what's online I mean I'm just, just go through a few names here just give people a shout so Mike Hampshire at Natch um, 1982 Dan Evans at Dan underscore Evans 80 Simon Clark at Simon Carbon Paul at UNRCD The Brig at Greyhound underscore one Guy Miller at Brew Guy uh, drink drank drunk John at drink drank blog um, Jim at Jimbo Baggins Clem Fandango at Ubi Wong Kenobi Mashtana Meow at Mashtana Meow Kaylee at Kaylee Pine Daisy at Daisy underscore Tunnel they all said something along those sort of lines that they want to actually be able to choose their own beers um, Andy Carr at the Andrew Carr said it's a good way of finding new breweries and beers that I'd never pick up in a bottle shop, which kind of lend itself to what we were saying about uh, about beer bods yeah. in terms of some of the stuff that they, they send out there. Um, there were people, as always, not happy with the number of options that we gave. Um, the Littlest Homebrew at Littlest Homebrew. We get free this time, though. Yeah, I know, but he said we needed a sort of option. I've bought every Beer Bods Plus box so far, but it isn't a subscription and I don't have the regular subscription. An interesting mystery beer chosen by someone else every two weeks is just about right for me. So Steve Rimington at Steve Rimington has clearly got a problem because he said there was no option for more than one subscription. Um, so um, he's obviously getting more than the, the one. <laughs> he's, he's, in the, he's in the Clayton territory of just getting, loads. Get, getting lots. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah I mean as, as always loads of great comments that we're getting um, which we really appreciate which obviously makes makes what we do what it is um, we did have a couple of people um, that, that simply went along the lines of no I've never n- never subscribed so Matt France at Matt France said find the choice of beer is sometimes a bit poor and not entirely to my taste too IPA and power led in my opinion and then Cowboy Drinks Craft at Cowboy Drinks Craft. Each one I've tried has never been worth it. I think if you, you know, if that's how you feel, or it could just be the luck of the draw, that first box you've ordered just doesn't tick, tick it for you, then you're done, aren't you? Mm. And, you know, people don't want to spend their hard-earned cash on stuff that they want. So, I mean, I always looked at a beer box box. It was never really, um, exactly what Justin was saying about, I was quite happy to pull out a beer. I thought I would probably have never either found that or picked it out of a lineup, mm. um, and then to, and then to try it. And yeah, there will be a few which will go, mm, okay, I might not, I probably won't try it again. But there'll be a few which go, blimey, if I saw something else from them, I'll give it a go. And then just the, the, the final comment on this, end, which ties in quite nicely to that, um, 
from number one fan, Miles Lambert at Miles Lambert. I took out a subscription to a well-known club when I decided to cancel my camera membership. I know the price is different, but it felt more akin to the sort of club I wanted to be actively involved with. Never did cancel my camera membership. <laughs> <laughs> and like Mars is a beer subscriber, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, camera could do a nice little box, though. They did it I, think camera, I think there are something you can get sometimes. They, they, do, they, they do tie-ins to the great British beer festival. In the festival, winter, they, they might yeah. do the bottled, beer fest, the, the bottled beers as well, don't they? Mm. Well, because a lot of these subscription boxes are obviously, they're quite um, contemporary lettered. Whereas actually, this probably is a market for some. Well, the Relay Warehouse. More, more. The Relay Warehouse does um, a subscription box. Does it? Yeah. Okay, I don't, I don't know. They do. Final thoughts on that last beer we had. I mean, I'm going to jump straight in, and actually, despite my first um, thoughts on that, I, that was an incredible beer. It was, it was really, really refreshing. Did, um, I was thinking as it went on. Do you know, even though we were swapping summer and winter earlier, I think we've hit summer. Yeah. Now. That's, that was, that, that's, that's a, I that's could do that in, in summer, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I could have another one of the young I was about to say, yeah. I could have a pint of that. I, I could have a pint that again, yeah. yeah. Definitely. So, and it actually it? grew on me the more I had it. Yeah, me too. So We've I've got, got one more beer left yeah. each. Come on, boys, get the noisy out of the box. Yeah. There we go. What have we got? We've got the Velvet Owl Brewing Company Old Sport Orange Vermont Pale. <laughs> and uh, we have uh, a beer from a brew that we've featured before Steve on the show Ambazan's Brew Co it's their Middle Road Citra and Mosaic Progressive Bitter which is an interesting okay. way to describe it oh so, you, so you've, you've actually got a bitter potentially yeah wow so, with Citra and Mosaic though. yeah we've got just to say that again Citra and Mosaic we've got we've, so, got mosaic. we've got Mosaic as well we've got Mosaic with Columbus and Centennial um, Bushwick Hops Pilgrim, um, Dry Hops Mosaic Columbus and Centennial again, with the additional of Orange Peel. The, the, the colour of this coming out of the bottle is, um, if I just show show you guys here, for this list as I am, it's grey brown, which is a very interesting <laughs> colour to be pouring. <laughs> More, more I, I hesitate to use the yeah. phrase loose stool. You know <laughs> what? It's, it's, it's interesting though because visually. That looks it, a bit unappealing. It, it looks very unappealing. On that the mean? aroma, that is absolutely cracking. Oh, cheers, guys. Cheers. 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 I have to admit, the aroma on this one looks smelling quite nice as well. Mm. Really sharp, fresh citrus. I mean, that, yeah, yeah, really amazing. That, that is citrus there. That's. I mean, I'm not going to just go out there and say it's all orange but we've, we've, got, we've got a lot of orange going on an old one yeah a lot in the aroma you get that really punchy kind of yeah, citrus yeah. but in the flavour it's almost it's kind of mellowed out quite a it's lot it's almost like an orange marmalade mm. in the flavour I would say that the orange peel is what's skewed the colour here because the aroma is very citrus but I can taste the orange peel in the beer um yeah, it's got, it's got, it, it's knocked me sideways a little bit actually. The, the, the orange peel gives it this kind of balanced bitterness that, that, that there is in there. Um, that's kind of, that's really all that's going on at the moment though, on that one for me. Oh, um, smooth as fuck. It's this so is smooth, really it? smooth. Um, whether I would describe it as a bitter, I don't know, but I don't know if I'd better pick it out as any other style, but. I'm not getting any bitterness really no, at all. No, but the. Um, that initial sharp citrus fruits, which then, as Matt said, mellows out to that really nice, just 
smooth. It's not even sweet or cloying, is it? No. I'm really loving this as the, as the last beer. Really refreshing. But we were we were pretty impressed with some of the Ampersand stuff before. I've, I've been impressed with everything I've had from Ampersand. Uh, again, alongside Burnt Meal, they're, they're probably another one that I'm not surprised to see in this box. Yeah. And interestingly, both from Norfolk. No. Oh, no. Suffolk. Burnt Meal or Suffolk. Suffolk. Ampersand and Norfolk. Let's, we'll, we'll just claim them as East Anglia. I know. <laughs> yeah, but you can't, you can't turn around to someone in Suffolk and say you're from Norfolk or vice versa. No, you can't. No, no you can't. Um, <laughs> I was talking to They're Tom. from our neck of the woods. Tom from Craft Beer Hour, um, who I think quite a few of us have met recently. Yeah. Um, the, he was saying this is just up the road for him and he's been singing the praises of this brewery for a while. A couple of those dolphins were solid. Yeah. Very good. That experiment's an evil. Yeah. It seems to be going in like patches, doesn't it? Like certain parts of the country and a couple of breweries that kind of open up and do really well. Yeah. And then Essex just gets left behind still. Because you've also, got, um, you've also got Duration that yeah. will be opening in There's like Norfolk. Yeah. So. There was another one as well, I can't remember, that I had at Mason & Co., Exact same area and great beers again. So, and so what is it about our home county? Uh, yeah, well, gra- grain hit have been around a while, no, but their beers, have, their beers, have they've always been good. Beers. Their beers yeah. have always been pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we were happy with yeah. that. Yeah. So, what is it about Essex? I don't know. It's just little. Every now and again, one of the one of them produce a good beer or a beer which we think, oh, that's really good. But there isn't anyone consistently doing it across the range. The no. beers, I say, the beers are fine. We're just a very traditional candy. It's just very traditional. Well, more beer. traditional than. Suffolk or Norfolk? I don't think we. I think we. We. we, we, we perhaps we just pretend we are because we're bordered with London. I don't know what the what the story is there. Well, you, you could argue that Suffolk has got some real brewing heritage going on there, couldn't you? In terms of particularly Adams and and the other one and the other one, yeah. Who who have I, <laughs> but they are they you know you know they've been an integral part of the brewing scene. Yeah, yeah. It's called, it's called the, the Berries and Edmunds brewery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so just while we're finishing off this bill, we'll just take some more listener comments. Let us know, write it down. Let us know, write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in Lingerness. Write it down. So Dan at DC Crafted Feed uh, has been catching up on recent recent episodes. One beer that wasn't mentioned on the show that works across cask, keg, can is Faith from Northern Monk Brewer. Surprise. Um, not sure how easy it is to find Monk on Cask down south, but a few places in Leeds have it, and it's brilliant. Well, once everyone's crowdfunded, it'd be a lot easier. It'd be a lot easier <laughs> for us to find Cask down here. Um, yeah, you, you came up with one, Matt, on that subject, didn't you? A couple, a couple. Was it a five points? Five, I think five points, Powell and XBA both cover all. On, on and, Dark, and Dark Star as well, I think... Uh, is it Re- uh, Revelation? Revolution? Revelation. 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 Yeah. I mean, that yeah. covers all basically yeah. as well. I'm quite happy, but I quite like the fact that people are still look, looking at it. It's a great this one, and yeah. I think and carry still on. feeding back, yeah. Give us more. Yeah, absolutely. Use the hashtag opinions and, and just, just let us know. Um, so we've got uh, Stephen O'Kane at Socrates. Socrates. Nine. Socrates 9 the footballer um, relatively new list, recent listener but have um, but have you covered the dire situation for beer in Northern Ireland we've got a local craft brew scene that could thrive a lot with a bit more regulatory help um, no we haven't in, in, in a word because it's not really our bag no but that's what the, um, our friends in, in, in Dublin uh, the beer snobs have been talking a lot about the, the regulatory situation south of the border yeah. about tap rooms and their ability to open on a regular basis rather than just for special license or ticketed events um, and I know that Northern Ireland isn't, a, isn't um, that far away on the regulation scene so 
I don't know how you solve that problem, and it always seems a bit weird that although we're all part of the UK, it's got to change that, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But we're all part of the UK, and you can't quite have the same same thing going on. Seems yeah. a shame. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, not though. And, and then finally, um, Paul at UNRCD's question of the week. Is this new section we've introduced? Well, <laughs> until it gets its own jingle, no. Questions, questions, fill my head. So he was was asking, um, do you go for a particular dispense method when you go to the pub? I know what your answer is going to be. <laughs> Everybody knows what your answer is going to be. Just because cask in a pub is the best place to have it. it. It is, but is that always the first thing you go for? Yeah, if I go into a pub which has got cask, I'll look at cask first. Okay, Matt? I don't know. I think I'd get more excited if I saw a really good cask range. I think like if I see something, like if I see something okay, I think, oh, I want to try it. If I saw something... On cars I've not had three rages or have never had, I think I'm like, oh yeah, I've got to have that. I don't know, to be honest. He said cars though. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I'm leaning towards cars, I think, yeah. Just um, I would have to say, depending on what was on offer, um, but again, I would go for cars. I was up at, when I went somewhere for Siren, we, they had Tiny Rebel on cars, and I went, whacked through the lot, because it was just, Great to see it in cask. Especially if it's a pub that you know that can look after cask. Like, yeah. if it's a pub that you know can look after cask, I'm actually probably not interested in any of the keg. Yeah. So, I think, yeah. Steve? Well, I initially came into thinking, well, it would depend on what's on offer. If, if, there's, if there's a really good beer on keg that I want to try, then, then I'm going to go for it. But then, I suppose, if I temper that with, particularly the Owl House in Chelmsford, where we hold bottle share, which has 12 on cask. Which has 12 on cask. I would generally always start with maybe one or two of the cask offerings because I, I, I feel as though you can only ever start with cask. I don't think you can ever go... Once you've gone to keg, you can't... It's very difficult to go back to cask beer. I'd agree with that. That's another re- I mean, that's another reason why I look at cask, but if I miss on a keg, there's possibilities I can get that keg beer in can or bottle. I can't get that cask beer exactly the same in can, keg or bottle. But over, so that would seem overwhelmingly we're, we're all in favour of cask yeah. as, as a certainly as a first beer, beer when you're going to. But uh, let us know what you think. Absolutely, use the hashtag opinions for, for that or for anything you've heard on tonight's show. So um, let's get some final thoughts on, on the final beer. We have just noticed um, on, on our bottle of, of the old sport from Velvet Owl. Owl, that's owl for people that can't distinguish not between, ale, between me saying owl and owl. <laughs> in our Essex twang. Yeah. Um, that this is, uh, it's got actually on the label, bottle conditioned craft beer, um, brewed by Velvet Owl Brewing Co. at Daya Brewing. So this is that Daya who are known sort of merc merchants yeah. in, in, in cans, uh, it would seem as though this, this brewery are our cuckoo brewery at, at Daya. Did you just show the label to the microphone? I did just show the label <laughs> to, the, to, to the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the listeners enjoyed looking at the label there. The technology um, will happen one day. It, it will, it will yeah. one day. So that, that's that's quite an interesting um That's really interesting, good good spot by uh, by Justin I, yeah, um, I was just reading down I just thought I'd, I'd have a look because I knew they were Gloucestershire Brewery and I wondered if they what area they were in and I thought hang on a minute brewing over there yeah, yeah. Oh, that is interesting it's very interesting what do you think of our last one yeah same as before really smooth 
Yeah. Very drinkable. Very I've, drinkable. I've not had any beers in this brewery before, so this is the first. I'm impressed, so I'm definitely someone to look out for in the future. Yeah, I mean, no, but I've tried a few of them. When I do see them, I do tend to, to go for it because they've all been well made and always been enjoyable. So o- overall, the box. 12 beers, we've, we've, we've done six each, so we've maybe not necessarily got the, the full effect of, of, of the box. Um, I've, I've been happy with everything we've really tried happy. on. Really on, good on, mix, on this side yeah, loved, loved it. I've got some good scores. I've been, I've been scoring my untapped scores as I go along. So, yeah, I've got everything's over three, and there's a three, three point seven fives. Good scoring. Yeah. I think as a box as a whole, it's, it's pretty varied as well. So I think that's good. I actually think what we've done tonight is one thing we kind of missed. I don't think anyone's mentioned. I actually quite enjoy sharing my boxes. Like I've had people around mine before, especially like the B fifty two. Sometimes that's the kind of stuff. I think, right, I'll share these when a couple of people come around. Yeah. Or like me and Michelle always share the B fifty two. So, I, yeah, yeah I, I do I share beer bods with Sarah I think that's something that yeah, kind of miss actually something that actually I quite enjoy yeah, sharing I mean, an experience well, like sharing I share all my beers with Michelle most of the time anyway, so I don't need to share more I don't think you get a choice do you? no I don't um, but no I do I know what you're saying it's, it is quite a nice thing so I think when I did a couple of the ones when you do the introductory offer and then I thought uh, no it's not one for me I think I shared and yeah you can easily do the box then in one sitting yeah well we, we've proved that yeah um, and I, I will say again, you, you know, incredible value. It's, it, it's 36 quid. You can get 10% off of that with, with, with the discount code. We're really grateful for, for, for BeerBods to send in this over to yep, us to, to, to try tonight. We're also grateful for Justin and Matt coming in to help us get through this this tag team tournament that we've we've had here yeah. this, this evening. And as, as, as very grateful to uh, Liquorice for hosting us as well absolutely without we wouldn't be able to get the four of us together in one place no no this has worked perfectly for us tonight so just a reminder if you do want to order one of these head over to beerbods.co.uk use the code beeroclock18 and you can get 10% off one of these beers and you can try all of these beers for yourself or you can share them with friends yeah and if you do let us know what you think of them absolutely hashtag I was was very impressed that when I looked at the box and what was in the box from the notes that you gave me earlier I was looking at pale ales and IPAs mainly within this box but I'd say within that scope they've hit every different aspect and they work differently there's not two beers that I would say from what I tasted that were the same I think you yeah no I don't think any any of ours went one to the other and then said that's a bit samey to the last one yeah they've hit around a good range of beers yeah good range of beers good value absolutely um Guys, thank you again yeah. for coming along. Thank uh, you very much. Just quick shout out as to where people can find you on the social medias. Um, Justin Mason, 1970s boy on Twitter. Get beer, drink beer, blog. And yes, I am back blogging since the last time I was on. Back and in the game. Continue. Yeah, I'm yeah. back in the game. <laughs> uh, Half Pint Jet on Twitter and Matt underscore Chinner on Instagram. Um, yeah. Excellent. Um, do you know what we're doing next week? Nope. Nope. Of course you don't. Um, <laughs> next it's show. not even next. I don't even know if it's next week to me. Anymore. Well, it, it, yeah. Anyway, the next show. <laughs> um, so we are going to put our trademark phrase to the test. Oh, we're doing the smashables. We're doing smashables. Yeah. So, so we're gonna um, basically just try and find a few beers that you could just smash all night long. Excellent. That sounds um, good. So, so that's 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 going to be a great show. Yeah. Look forward um, to that. Thanks as always for, for, for getting involved. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Well, so thanks for inviting us. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Cheers. Always happy so, to help you drink beers. Yeah, indeed. Yeah.